Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. Now, I'm sure that most of us, maybe not everyone, but most everyone probably would know how the curse came upon the earth. God had blessed Adam and Eve. You know about that. He placed them in the garden. And I mean, they had all kinds of freedom, liberty, fellowship with God, communication with the creator of the earth. And would you say that they were blessed? They had their needs met, whatever they needed. Of course, you know, they probably didn't have a lot of needs, but any needs, you know, they were met. They were blessed people. But God said, now, Adam, I want you to know this, that in the garden is the tree of good and evil. And he said, I don't want you to partake of that because in the day that you do it, you will die. Well, Adam knew that, and here came Eve, and we know that the serpent, Satan himself, was in the garden one day, and he tempted Eve, and so she partook of the fruit of good and evil, and then so did Adam, and at that point in time, their fellowship, their communication, their blessing, everything that God had given to them was stripped away. And that day, death settled in and the curse came. Now, did they die physically? No, we know that they didn't die physically. We know that Adam lived a lot of years after that. And so he didn't die physically, but what God was saying, he said that death is going to come and it's a spiritual death. And our, see, Adam's spirit was alive to God. And we now who are born again, our spirits are alive to God because we went through the new birth. We came out of darkness. We were translated into the kingdom of light, into the kingdom of God's dear son, Jesus Christ. And so we were reborn. And if we are Christians and we know the Lord, then we are not spiritually dead, but we are spiritually alive. But see, when Adam fell that day and he did what God told him not to do and ate that fruit and uh, he died spiritually. And so the curse set in upon the earth. Then what had to happen? God had to send a redeemer uh, called Jesus Christ, his only begotten son, into the earth to redeem and rescue his people and give them an opportunity to come out of death spiritual death and have life. And so he gave us that opportunity. So when I talk about the curse reversed, I want you to understand what the curse is. It's a lot of things. I'm going to share some things. A curse is being damned or doomed. Now that's a terrible uh, situation to be in. What Don't you know? When you are cursed or you are doomed, it's like there's no way out. There's no hope. It means to bring evil upon. It means evil and misfortune. 
It means torment and it means supernatural power that brings harm. Now, this supernatural power that brings harm, was that God, the supernatural power? No, it's the supernatural power of Satan. That's what it's talking about. He brought his power in and deceived and and brought the curse in. And through that curse, all of the earth became accursed. That's where everybody found themselves. And this world was brought under the curse again by Adam. um, And he handed things over to the devil. Now, don't you get mad about that sometimes when you think about it? How that God had pronounced such a blessing upon this earth and there was no evil, no sin, no wickedness, no perversion, no devil, you know? Think about it. And then, and then Adam decides to do what he did, and then we face what we face today upon this earth. You see, if you are not born again, you are under a curse. You say, well, I'm a good person. You know, I don't do wrong things. That doesn't matter. You've got to uh, be redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. You've got to accept and receive Jesus Christ. Or you are dead. Good people can go to hell. You've got to be born again, washed in the blood of Jesus. You come out of that spiritual death into spiritual life. And then you get a blessing pronounced upon your life. Everybody say blessing. Blessing. All right. God made a way for man to come out of this cursed state again through His Son, Jesus Christ. You see, I know people, you know, well, I'm going to make my circumstances better. Well, you might can do a few things to improve your situation, but I'm going to tell you, if you do not know the Lord, you're not living under a blessing. You live under a curse, and it doesn't matter what you do. You you ever felt like, uh, you know, that you could never get ahead? I've had times like that in my life, and usually those are the times when, you know, I've not been living for the Lord. I've been maybe given mouth service, but not too uh, really dedicated with my life. And, you know, maybe all of us from time to time find ourselves in our past where that was true. I hope that's not true today, but if it is, you can turn that around. Amen? Now, as I began to look... Um, in the scriptures about curses, I saw that that really the curse of the law was talked about in the first five books of the Bible. Then you can read about and you can find out about the curse. And it was really in three distinct areas. Now, I wanted to be able to talk about those three distinct areas tonight, but I've just got a feeling that it's not going to work. But I'm going to, I'm going to mention all three of them right now, and then I'll talk about as much as I can. How's that? All right. The first um, curse that was upon the earth was the curse of sickness and disease. Everybody say sickness and disease. But I want to tell you this, God doesn't want us to live in that state because that is a state again of death and Jesus redeems us out of that. And so the first curse is sickness and disease. The second one is poverty. 
And the third one is death. And we've already talked about spiritual death, but it doesn't stop with spiritual death. When you are spiritually dead, eventually, if you do not receive the Lord and get born again, then there is the second death that the Bible talks about, and that is when a person uh, goes to hell. And so that's a terrible place to be. But nobody in this room listening to me is going to hell, right? Hallelujah. Okay, then take your Bibles with me, and I want you to turn to Galatians 3. Now, I've set up things here, but I want us to read in Galatians 3, 13. Now, listen to this. Christ hath... Now, the word hath is has. Has means it's something that's past tense. It's already done. It's already been taken care of. Christ has redeemed or rescued us or ransomed us from the curse of the law. Now, I just shared with you three things, really, the categories that, for the most part, that the curse of the law falls under, sickness and disease, poverty, and spiritual death. Okay? So you can see Christ has redeemed us from all those curses. It's already been paid for. It's already been done. It's not something that's going to happen in the future. It's not something that you are going to have to do penance over. And in two years, when you get real spiritual, then you can get out from under the curse. No. You are redeemed from the curse if you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I'll say this. Many people that are God's people, they, number one, don't have the knowledge. They're destroyed for a lack of knowledge. They don't have the knowledge that God has redeemed them from that curse through Jesus Christ. Or they're living a lifestyle that is habitual sin, and the Bible tells us, and you can get so far out in that, that you know you're just going on and you're not going to belong to the Lord. And so if your lifestyle is one of habitual sin, then you are going to stop the blessing. But you see, God didn't say that we have to be perfect. He sent Jesus, and because He sent Jesus, when we do Sin, when we do stumble, when we do fail, we have the blood. We have forgiveness. So we don't have to live under that. But you see, people don't get out from under the curse, again, because they don't have the knowledge that they've been redeemed. And number two, they're living away from the Lord and not obeying Him and doing what they're supposed to do. Now again, We're not going to be perfect. That's why we had to have Jesus. But when you just live a lifestyle and you live any old way and you don't consider the Word and you don't consider what you're doing that's contrary to the Word of God, then you get yourself in a place to where that curse, the devil, can come in. Amen? So I wanted you to see that, okay? Now, look here. It says, Christ has redeemed us, already a done deal, from the curse of the law. How? Because he was made a curse for us. See, somebody had to pay the price. Somebody had to do it. And if it weren't Jesus, then we're going to have to get in there and we can't really do pay for it, but we're going to have to do what we can to pay for it. But Jesus exchanged our sin. We, he took our sin And we took His righteousness. There was an exchange that was made. 
And it says, being made a curse for us. In other words, when Jesus hung on that cross, everything that he bore in his body, in himself, was for us that we don't have to bear the curse of that cross. He took it upon himself. It says, For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangs on the tree. So he had to, to die a terrible death. And people didn't understand what he was dying for. They didn't understand all of that. Isaiah 53 tells us about that. They just thought he was stricken and smitten of God, the Bible says in Isaiah 53. But all the while, he was paying our penalty. He was making a way that we could come out from under this curse that Adam brought into the world. And so tonight, I want to challenge you in those areas of your life. I've done it myself because God began to speak to me. And I challenge you. I've challenged myself. There are things that go on in our life that are a part of the curse. And we need to accept the redemption that Jesus uh, gave to us and, and the rescue that he made for us, taking us out of darkness, out of the cursed state and taking us and placing us into the blessed state. Amen? Amen. And he says that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now, I think it's very interesting in here. we we read in verse number 13, it talks about the curse of the law. We broke down essentially what the curse of the law is in three uh, distinct areas. And then we come here and it says that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. You see, Everybody thinks, well, in the Old Testament, the, the Jewish people, you know, the Israelites, they're blessed. Yeah, God blessed them. But what does he say here? He didn't say Israelites. He said the Gentiles. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. Now, so Abraham's blessings are mine. Now, I remember years ago when we had children's church, uh, you know, we'd have our kids singing, and sometimes we'd even do it in an adult church. You remember that? Abraham's blessings are mine. You remember that, yeah. Okay, Abraham's blessings are mine. See, we need to be saying that. We need to understand what Abraham's blessings are. Abraham was blessed, and the Amplified Bible talks about it out of Genesis, uh, it, it says that, that he had abundant favors flowing in his life. Abundant favors of God. Abraham was blessed, and, and in other places in Genesis, it says that he was rich. Everybody say rich. Now, I, you know, Eddie and I were talking about this. We were talking about how there's so much talk about prosperity sometimes that, you know, we don't like it, you know, but it's, it's true. So I'm not trying to take away even when I say that because some people say, well, I'm, you know, supposed to be a millionaire. No, Abraham was rich. And what that means is he had a full supply. 
He had abundant provision. It didn't say he was a millionaire. He probably was in, you know, those days standards or whatever. But, you know, people just go crazy with things like that. But I'm trying to tell you that the curse has been reversed. And you have the blessing of Abraham. And Abraham was rich. He had abundant supply. I don't know about you, but there's been plenty of times where I didn't feel like I had the blessing of Abraham on my life. And if I looked in my pocketbook in my billfold, it would tell me that I was still under the curse. How many of you know what I'm talking about? If you go to your checkbook, it may tell you you're under a curse. But what do you answer when it says that to you? You say, my money doesn't speak. I'm telling you, your money speaks. Your money speaks. I talk to my money. You see, the Bible says, Abraham's blessing is mine. It's yours. And if his blessing is upon your life, he was made rich. He had favor upon his life. He had so much favor and blessing of God upon him that if somebody just got around him, it rubbed off on him. Where did I get that? Think about Lot. Now, Lot evidently had some issues. But he was the nephew of Abraham. And he hung out with Abraham, Uncle Abraham. And so the blessing that was on Abraham's life came upon him. See, we ought to be expecting that with each other. You know, we're blessed. Well, doesn't the Bible say that Abraham was blessed to be a blessing? Now, see, I have a problem with bless me, bless me, bless me. If you don't say, bless me, bless me, and let me be a blessing. You know, if everything is just coming to us and we don't think about anyone else's needs. Do you know the Bible talks about that if you give to the poor, you lend to the Lord and He's going to give it back to you? We need to be aware of what's going on around us and who is around us. And we need to be looking for ways to be a blessing. And you know, all the time it doesn't have to be finances because there's been times where maybe I didn't have uh, the finances on me to do what I wanted to do, but I could still be a blessing in some way. You see, Abraham was blessed. He wasn't under a curse. And the Bible says that he was blessed to be a blessing. And when he got around people, they knew that he was a blessed man. And they got blessed themselves. And see, that's what we need to be expecting, to be a blessing to other people in whatever way that that means with, with our material goods, but even beyond that. Amen? Now, so Abraham's blessing is ours. So if the curse of the law was there and the curse is reversed and you go to Deuteronomy 28, let me tell you some things that are there about blessing. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 28, and it's, you know, I just, it's all over. I'm not going to give you verses. You can read it later. He said, you're going to be blessed coming in and you're going to be blessed going out. That's right, he said it. 
Well, I don't feel blessed and what I'm experiencing in my life is not blessing. Well, I've been there plenty of times, believe me. But I'm going to tell you the way that you get out of that is through your faith in God. He'll see you through. He'll help you out. If you agree with the devil and the curse, it'll stay. But if you believe God for that blessing that he said that you can have, you can be blessed going out and you can be blessed coming in. Attitude is everything. Did you know it? Attitude is everything. And if our attitude is, oh, woe is me, nothing ever happens good to me. If that's our attitude and that's our belief system and that's where our words are taking us, that's exactly what's going to happen and it's going to stay. It's not just going to camp out for a little while. It's going to build a house. So we're blessed coming in. We're blessed going out. All that we put our hand to is blessed. Do you have a job? You have a job? Okay, on that job, you put your hand to things. Whatever it is, to do something, you have to put your hand to it. And you need to speak blessing over it. And I can tell you right now, in the time that we're in, in our economy right now, we need to be speaking blessings over the places that we work. We need to be speaking blessings over the business owners, over the clients, calling business in. And not working against it. And why? Because you're working against yourself. Everything you put your hand to is blessed. It's blessed. Sandra, when you put your hands on someone's head to do their hair, you, you are placing a blessing on them. And God is blessing your hand to minister to them. If you're a nurse or you're a doctor, whenever you put your hand on those people, it's ble- you're pronouncing a blessing upon them. Everything you put your hand to is blessed. Everything I do falls apart. Well, you're not under the curse anymore, so don't allow it to continue. Do some things to receive your blessing. He says, you're the head and not the tail. Well, I seem to always be behind on everything. I seem to always be the one trailing behind. No, he said, you are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. He said that you're made plenteous in goods. What are goods? Made plenteous in goods. That means you have plenty of material things. Whatever you need, you have plenty of it as a person who has a blessing upon their life. Now, we're not put here to gather stuff and materials. But I'm going to tell you, because of the blessing that's on your life and my life, we've got a magnet that's going to draw blessings. Now, we can decide what we're going to do, and we can, you know, pile it up, or we can have our storehouse and our basket full, and then be able to supply other people. And that's what God wants. Amen? 
So he said that we'll be plenteous in goods. There's been plenty of times. I haven't felt that way. I haven't, you know, it didn't appear to be that way. But I tell you what, I put my faith in the blessing that God said, I'm redeemed from the curse. And I am blessed with Abraham. Abraham's blessing is mine. I decided to do that. I remember when we started this ministry, and we, you know, you've heard us tell lots of times, you know, we didn't have a lot of stuff. We didn't have a, you know, I'm talking about personally, we didn't have it in the church either, but personally we didn't have it. And, and you know, we, we, we didn't feel like, though, that we were, uh, you know, being mistreated by God, we knew that we had to make a sacrifice for that time in our life, and we were willing to do that. But it didn't appear that we had a real blessing upon our life. And I can remember uh, in our home, in this little rental home that we had, and it was just not a good rental home. You know, it, it was really the worst home that I think we ever had. And, but we went in there and cleaned that place up, you know, and painted it and cleaned the carpet and, you know, done all the things that we could to clean up the yard, you know, mowed and shrubs looking better, you know, and all that kind of, you know, because when God moves in, it needs to look different. Aren't we God's children? It needs to look different. And it did. It didn't look like the cursed place it, it looked like before we got in there. But I remember we, we moved in and, and my mom had gotten me a, a portable dishwasher to go in this house. And I was so thankful. Who wants to wash dishes? Do you, not me? I don't. I avoid it. Dish pan hands, you know. Um, so I remember that dishwasher, you know, it, it messed up. And that really aggravated me. You know, and we hadn't had it that long and it messed up. And then I remember uh, our, uh, our dryer messed up. And it's like, what is going on here? But, it, it, you know, it took me a little while to understand. Then my washer was messed up. Well, doesn't, that sounds like the curse to me. And, and, you know, I know that people can get flaky about things like this, but I knew I knew what the enemy was trying to do, trying to make it harder than it already was for us. And I can remember going to Eddie, the spiritual man that he was, and I said, yeah, watch it, watch it. And, and I said, we got to do something here. You know, uh, this dryer is not working. And you know what his comment was to me? Well, now look, I'm busy doing, I'm, I'm busy getting ready to preach and, you know, do all this stuff, so you know, whatever. I'm not lying. <laughs> and so, you know, it's like, I am not going to live like this. God said, I'm blessed. I couldn't be a blessing to anybody in this state. I'm blessed and I'm not going to let this curse move in on me. I want to tell you, I laid my hands on that dishwasher. I laid my hands on that uh, dryer and I laid my hands on the washer. And so help me, they began to work. See, the curse tries to move in. But you know what we need to do? We don't need to give the curse any room in our life. We need to stand for the blessing. We need to believe for the blessing. We need to speak the blessing. 
You see, how do we get anything from God? How do we get it? Well, first of all, we see in His Word what it is that He's provided. We look at it. We see it. And then we believe it. And then we begin to speak what we see. Isn't that what the Bible says in Corinthians? We believe, therefore we speak. So if we get the blessing, you know, that's how it's going to come. Amen? All right. He said He'd make us plenteous in goods. That means material things. He said that He'd bless our children. He said your pocketbook and your savings would be blessed. And we need to be thinking uh, about that right now. We need to be believing God and standing for the blessing. You know, I know a number of people now, you know, your retirement and, and things are, are not what they were. But I tell you, I'm not, I'm not receiving that. I know what it is. I know what's happened. But I'm believing for my storehouse to be filled. Not to be emptied out by the world system. Because I don't operate under the world system. Do you? No, we, if we're Christians, we should be operating under God's system. His, his way of doing things. And His way is to bless His people. Amen? So we can see there, you know, what God has, um, has shared with us. And we see that this blessing of Abraham came to us and that the blessing that is found uh, in Deuteronomy 28 becomes ours too. Amen. So God reversed the curse through Jesus Christ and He restored back to us our fellowship and our relationship with Him. He took away that curse that Adam brought in upon the earth. So He did really reverse the curse. Amen. I want us to take just a few moments here and I want us to look at this curse of death reversed. Now, death came when Adam again did what he did and he gave away the blessing that God had put upon his life. And Adam was told, in the day that you eat it, you will surely die. So he did. Spiritual death set in. And see, now I want you to think about this. A lot of times we think about ourselves and we think about this outward shell and we think about that's all, that's who we are. Well, it's a part of who we are, but there's a spirit on the inside of you and me that's the real us. How do I know that? Because when we leave this earth through death, what happens? Our body stays here. But where does your spirit go? If you know the Lord, it goes to be with the Lord immediately. It's not soul sleep. It's not, you know, uh, uh, being laid in the ground and that's it. No, it isn't. We, we, we lay this body down. The body stays upon the earth and the spirit man goes to heaven. We know this. I, I, it's in Luke and, you know, it, it talks about Lazarus who was a beggar. You remember the story of that? And it says that Lazarus, uh, he died and his spirit went to heaven. Uh, Abraham's bosom, it was called at that time. And he went there and when he went there, there was activity that was going on in that place. In other words, the spirit was living. 
But the beggar was living too. But he was living in the second death, hell. And he said, let Lazarus dip his finger in water and place it on my tongue because I'm tormented. See, he could talk. He was there. There was activity in hell. There's activity in heaven. But it's without these natural bodies. Now, there will be a day that our body is reunited with our spirit. But, you know, when we leave, leave this earth, we leave through the spirit. We leave that way. And so we understand that. And we understand that man has a body, but he is a spirit. He has an intellect, a mind, and all of that, you know. But we are really spirit man. That's who we are. Amen? All right. You remember the story when Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again? What was he talking about? Was he talking about his physical body? That you must be born again? No, Jesus said, no, it's, you know, you're not going to be born again in the natural way, in the way that you came into this earth. It won't happen. But he said, it's your spirit that must be born again. Amen? And so our spirit either lives in death or it lives in life. Now, um, I, I've heard people say, uh, you know, talk about, well, you know, I don't serve the devil. Well, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you come out of darkness into light? Well, no, I, I guess I really haven't done that, but I'm not a bad person. I'm, you know, moral. I, I, I try to do the right things. I try to pe treat people right. Well, you see, that's not, that's not going to get you there. It's, it's not the work of man that's going to redeem man. It was the work of Jesus Christ on the cross that redeemed man. And it was... Like Nicodemus, he had to be born again in spirit. And when you're born again in spirit, you come out of death, the spirit of death, and you come in to life. So you're either dead, even while you're living upon the earth, or you're alive. It's one or the other. It's not, it's not any other way. So... We've already talked about how, how your spirit man is reborn by receiving and accepting the Lord. Um, Galatians 3, um, you know, that we were looking about at a minute ago, it says Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. And here we've looked and we have seen that he redeemed us from this curse of spiritual death. Now, I know people who are Christians, and for a, a good number of years, even in my own Christian life, you know, I lived like I didn't know the Lord, like I was spiritually dead, because number one, I didn't know that I didn't have to do that. I didn't know that there was a better way. I didn't know that there was a blessing out there that's available. But I want everyone that I'm able to touch with, you know, if it's, you know, personal ministry or, you know, speaking or praying or whatever I do, I want them to know that that curse has been reversed in their life and they no longer have to live under the, the thumb of the devil or the foot of the devil. The Bible says you put your foot upon your enemy's neck, not for him to put his foot upon your neck. What was that a sign of? 
That was a sign of that you are defeated. You have been defeated in battle. Some of you, you need to do a little battling with your faith. You need to do a little battling with your prayers. And you need to put your foot upon the enemy's neck and say, enough is enough. I know the circumstances. I know the way that it looks. But I tell you, I am blessed with faithful Abraham. I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. I am rescued, and I'm not going to live under that any longer. Now, am I saying that to boast in myself? No, I'm like, you know, it says in the Bible, if I'm going to boast, I'm going to boast in the Lord. I have no power within myself, but I tell you where my power lies. It lies in that book right there. It lies in the Bible. And it is no different for me than it is for you. And so I want to challenge you in areas where the enemy is trying to encroach and he's trying to get you to accept or live in the curse. Say no. I've got breaking news tonight. Jesus has redeemed you from the curse of the law. Josh, I just wish you could put that up there. I just, I know you can't, but I, you know, we watch all these news stations and I mean, it'll pop up there. Breaking news. I've got breaking news tonight and it's going to break the back of the devil. We are redeemed and we should live like redeemed people. But I'm going to tell you, you can hear it and hear it and hear it until it hits you and you hear it. I see people all the time and I minister to them. I love them, but I see it all the time. And they just get that stare. Yes, I know what the Bible says and then blah, 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 and just mouth it. But they do nothing to actively accept and receive it. And we've got to accept and receive God's Word. How do we get out of that spirit realm and bring into the now? How do we get out of there? It's through here. And through here. And through here. And through here. We pull it out. See, you know, a lot of times we're expecting it to just fall on us. Just fall like ripe fruit coming off the tree. You know, just fall down and we just pick it up. But I tell you, many of the things that I've received from the Lord don't come that way. Fight the good fight of faith. It's a fight. Now, how do you fight it? Do you battle the devil? No, it's not anything like that. You have to fight the good fight of faith by overcoming doubt and unbelief and the voices and the people and the circumstances. Oh, my. Shout amen, somebody, because it's true. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, now I told you that I I wouldn't probably get finished, and I didn't. But I brought you one point, and maybe some other time I'll be talking about the others. But I want you, even though I didn't talk about it tonight, I want you to accept and receive the blessing that that you don't have to be under a curse of spiritual death, You don't have to be under a curse of sickness and disease. 
You don't have to be under a curse of poverty. And see, I know, look folks, I, I, I have experience and I know what it's like for circumstances to say everything contrary to what I'm telling you. But I'm telling you, if you believe God's Word, and if you accept that blessing, and if you stand for that blessing, and if you fight with your faith for that blessing, it will be yours. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora. Pastor Nora.